This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, slap my ass and get yeah. me on the pitch What's again. Up? Get out, you get yeah. out there. Get, get out snap there. out of it. This young lady here, she made 200 grand farting in jars. I mean, yes, you would have been probably, you know, a tall child mascot. And if it was with Dennis Wise, you would have been... I mean, I assume you would have... <laughs> That's a valid point, now. <laughs> we were talking about the boot camp, like, ten seconds, seconds ago. ago. <laughs> now I've got golf clubs for arms. Hello and welcome back to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, Peter Crouch. Uh, Chris Stark and Statman Dave with me as usual in the boozer again. All right, boys. Yeah, not bad. Not yeah. bad. Good to be in a pub. Um, I know we say that it's it's a genuine pub. And, and the reason I say this is because I put up a picture on my Instagram of us recording the podcast. There were some nice messages on there. You know, it's good to have everyone back, all that kind of thing. And, um, and people were surprised that it wasn't a, a set. Oh, there seemed really? to be some confusion. And they were like, oh, it's an actual shithole. <laughs> like, it's, isn't, that, isn't that mad that people thought... It was because this is obviously filmed and that that is this is just a set. Like these yeah. are props. These are <laughs> someone's designed this. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It's far uh, smaller budget than that. Um, <laughs> we just rent a room upstairs in a pub that we that we like and, yeah. and frequent quite a bit. And speaking of fake, let's talk about your nose. <laughs> <laughs> My nose, yeah. Uh I haven't had a nose job, but I have had some surgery on my nose. That um, is, that's a nose job. Yeah, well, I, I, you can call it what you like. Um, but yeah, I had polyps uh, across my um, sinuses. And I, I think over the course of the podcast, you can see my my voice has changed. Like, I'm a little bit nasally and a bit... Um, I struggle to breathe quite a bit. Um, so I had the operation and nothing's changed. I still talk like I'm underwater. Um, so it's not great at the moment but uh, I've been told in 10 days time I'll be clean as a whistle and I'll be um, I won't be as nasally wow. and I'll be able to breathe a okay. bit more and so, smell my sense of smell has not been very, very good what can you smell right now anything really? <laughs> absolutely nothing no serious yeah no and I haven't been for ages I haven't been able to taste uh, food um, it's and been uh, quite distressing it's weird. I've never considered losing a nose, and there must be people listening right now that have had their. Mm. Is it their sphincter? What is it? No, that's that's <laughs> the, the arse sphincter yeah, in the stomach. Yeah, yeah. The, you um, want that removed? <laughs> no, but they've had their. What is the sinuses? Sinuses? Is it? Well, he's just mentioned polyps. Like, no, yeah. polyp, polyps is basically like a bunch of grapes that get caught in your sinuses, um, and and it's spread all the way across your sinuses. So my ears felt blocked. Even when my eyes were, um, you know, waking up in the morning, they felt puffy and like there was no drainage like um, from my eyes. Uh, and obviously my nose, it felt like there was stuff in there that I needed to blow and nothing would come out. How annoying would that, that be? That would be very, very annoying. Number one, you shouldn't be putting grapes up your nose, Crouchy. Yeah. Number two, did the surgeon offer you a different nose? 
to say, look, I'm going in there, going to do the, the behind the scenes. Do you want me to renovate the front? Well, no, in, in actual fact, I remember splattering my nose when I was playing quite a few times. I broke it a few times, but my actual original nose was pretty horrendous. Um, and then I broke it and got it re sort of like constructed a bit. And, uh, and then it made it straighter. Mm. And I'm quite happy with the nose now. See, my actual birth nose is not as nice as the nose that I was... <laughs> Sorry, I've just been staring at your nose so long. It's, I don't know if anyone's ever tried it, where you just stare at someone's nose for a period of time, and it morphs. It does morph into a cock. It's weird. <laughs> does it? And ev it's, everyone's got a different... Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got a different, different nose. Like, yeah. Just stare at yeah, Dave's nose. Mine's, mine's yeah. taken a beating it's in my quite, time. Yeah, it's quite bendy yeah. that way. I, I got a, um, an elbow and a fist into my nose playing rugby, like, back-to-back -back weeks. Yeah. So it, like... Like properly messed it up like I think I'm probably gonna have to one of your jobs at some point Crouchy one one side has collapsed so well, eventually it's gonna... a reduction or what yeah reduction of thing actually I quite like my German nose so I'd probably like get it maybe more Germanic than it is right now I don't know if that's possible I think but... it's a bit of character in, in having a nose yours is a well-formed <laughs> like <laughs> looked at your whole face and now I, I as I'm talking about you I see can't my nose. see past the nose but did you pick it out of a catalogue no, no 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 no. there was no there was nothing they basically just ripped out they, don't, they didn't touch my nose they just ripped oh. out all the all the yeah. crap from my you know polyps and slight infection like just yeah not it wasn't a pleasant experience it's like a clonic for the nose a bit like that yeah yeah, yeah a bit like a clonic yeah. have you ever Get, had one of them I haven't no but I think it'd be quite actually, interesting no, no I haven't I haven't actually no, no. have you uh, no, no, I You're haven't. You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't Why say, are you lying? I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say it's there's massive benefits to it, isn't there? Um, I've heard I've heard from people that have had it done that it does feel very. But that's what strange. someone who's had one would say. Yeah. <laughs> my friend had my one. My mate had one. <laughs> I haven't had one done. No, I haven't. Do no. they do it at the same time as the nose? Uh, no, no, not at all. No, no, I wouldn't. I, I haven't had a nose job. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't had a clonic number what, two what a start <laughs> what a start <laughs> Worth, yeah and now you've said all that we can get on with a podcast <laughs> now there are there are a couple of other things I think we should just touch on anyway uh, Soccer AM mm. so it's not been confirmed that that's finishing um, but of course there's a bit of talk about that Mm. Um, and and it's a it's a funny one really. I I went on it not too long ago and and had a great time on there. I, I was sort of quite sad to see it going, well, but also many of my memories from Soccer AM were from many years ago as well. Mm. Do, do you know what mm. I mean? Yeah. What I mean, what they did at the, the, the start, like making football like fun and accessible in the mornings when nothing was on, um, it was incredible. Like what they did and some of the jokes that lasted the test of time you know the car park with some iconic moments yeah uh, some iconic sketches you know the dance-offs the the soccerettes the you know there was so many bits that came out of it that were, uh, were genius yeah and you know we should always remember those i think <laughs> we should always remember <laughs> we should. the soccerettes we should. <laughs> <laughs> great no, age no, no you can't say that but I think what Crouchy means by that wasn't, uh, he's not talking about the Soccer uh, yeah, right, He's just talking that. about the era of Soccer AM in the uh, 90s. Yeah, it, it, it was times. a great age. It was a good... <laughs> <laughs> that great age episode. <laughs> <laughs> what a fitting tribute to a legendary show there. 
Um, but it might still be going on. I, I don't know. I sort of I got pissed the other night and and text Fenners. I'm just like did the classic parch thing of you know Saturday morning. Been well. quite parched recently. Oh, I've noticed. Mate. You haven't you? I tell you what it is. It's the early starts for me with the new job. I'm very emotional right now. Oh yeah, yeah. You're just not getting enough sleep. No sleep. Just reaching out and parching everywhere. I'm considering retiring from uh, football as well. That's a sad, sad, sad state it, of affairs, just, isn't it? it, it, it you pull yourself together reflective. a little bit. I know, Can you not I just do. pull yourself together? I do. I need a decent <laughs> manager to come in and just sort of like, and that's no offence to anyone listening. I just mean to come in and just sort of grab me and, you know, slap my ass and get yeah. me on the pitch What's again. Up? Get out, you get yeah. out there. Yeah, get out snap there. out of it. Show them what you can you're do. Right. Stop parching everyone. All right, guys. Well, a lot covered there. Shall we crack on with today's podcast? We should start really with an update on um, the swap thing we've got going on Swap Dave deal, yeah. Yeah. Sort of across this I have been yeah and we've, we've had a, a few few offers Crouchy so I just thought I'd uh, run them by you on the podcast today um, we had that one last week uh, the, the, the chicken outfit with, mm. with what was it dark fruits on it which we rejected we've got some better ones here we've got a classic Premier League mitre ball right it's just the ball just the ball yeah, okay. Charlie Adams has been in the boots. I mean, there is... Yeah, there is the, more The to ball it. is like, I could go to buy that from Sports mm. Direct. No, yeah, but you could, but then to make it... I don't know if we'll sign the ball. We've mm. got some friends of the podcast. If it's a ball signed by Mr. Islam, does that Ooh. suddenly uh, that raise the, the value of the yeah, ball? Okay. And then you're asking a question, would you rather have a ball signed by everyone associated with this podcast, Mike Dean, da-da-da-da-da, mm. or um, Charlie Adams' boots? Okay. And, uh, yeah, that makes us a conversation. I'll, I will raise that though. We've got a better offer here. Uh, Lionel Messi's boots signed. So what we could do with those? We've got Messi's signature. We had everyone from the podcast. Then those boots are worth some serious cash. Well, Lionel Messi's just won the World Cup, right? You're telling me he's got a there's a signed pair of his boots. That's... Possibly the greatest player. If you, if you think about when <laughs> Messi dies, right, like Pele has recently, yeah. like that, there's, there's a lot of value in those. You're telling me we're, we're being offered. Messi's boots for Charlie Adams. Yeah, that's exactly it. Someone is that's mental. Someone's out that someone out there is seriously considering swapping like for like between those players. But Char Charlie hasn't even signed his boots. Yeah. <laughs> so you True. have to take our word for it that those are the boots that yeah. the midge, you hit the midges stick with it. Well, well you you've you've got it bang on there. So we can't authenticate the messy boots, can we? It could just be some boots that someone's squiggled on. If if they even exist as boots at well, all. Well my worry is I don't know, I think that's a big call. If you've got Messi's boots. So we, we want a picture, don't we? We need to find out whether it's authentic and okay. then we could consider that offer. Dave, yeah. you might not know this. Crouchy is very um, attuned to spotting fraud. <laughs> it's I've massive. actually heard the rumours. It's ingrained in me, mate. I just don't know. You've always got to worry about fraud. <laughs> so we should just be careful. We should we? be careful. Should we move on to the next one? This one is uh, also, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say better or worse. It's interesting. Um, a celebrity strand of hair. Um, someone has emailed in. They've gone full Carl. Um, they haven't got back to us in terms of what they could offer. Um, there are options on, on the website of Elvis, Marilyn Monroe, Daniel Radcliffe. I saw this come in, Dave, and I'm, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know how. And I mean, when did they set up this company in the in the forties or something? You know, <laughs> like, are, are they are they've been taking strains of hair for for years and years and years. Like, you can get Elvis, you can get John Lennon. So it's get, a genuine website. This is a website, is yeah. <gasps> say, but they're saying that they have locks of of these people's hair, but how? What well, yeah. I know is that what are they doing? Just like going around like parties in the fifties and sixties <laughs> and just. <laughs> Just like cutting people's hair off and keeping them. You're right. Because if it was Elvis or those people, that suggests it might be a family business. So someone's 
pass this down through the generations and then there must be more modern ones on there as well what's the website do we know it <laughs> we don't have a clue no so maybe you drop Can't the website in the email any. next time um but it'd be odd crouch i wanted to see on the website whether your hair was on there i've not investigated that yet but that well, would be very weird because well, you haven't i haven't okayed it's not, that it's not yeah. consented. <laughs> that's what i'm saying you know what where are they getting this from? well i'll tell you who then Think about it. Maybe this is how hairdressers are earning on the side. Because nothing you can do. The second you let them cut your hair, it belongs you to don't them, know where right? it's gone. Well, it belongs to them. They do with it what they want. And I, I've never thought to question what they do with all the hair. that Because they, they sweep up. They're bloody keen to keep it, aren't they? You never, <laughs> yeah. you never see it bagged up and put somewhere. No. That's a valid point. And also there's DNA in that, isn't there? I mean, like, we don't know that this isn't some sort of mass cloning thing that's going on. <laughs> it could be, Chris. It could be. I heard there was a business... Um, where you could buy jar jar of farts. I think it was jarofarts.com. <laughs> Let me just quickly check. Is that is the same people that do footballers with tits? <laughs> <laughs> Their side hustle. No, it's, not, them up. it's not just footballers farts. Yeah, here you go. Jar of farts. So yeah, there's a few articles on this. Like well, this, this young this young lady here, she made two hundred grand farting in jars. This, and it, I like this article. It says TikToker made two hundred thousand dollars for farting in jars. Here's how she did it. No, just in case. As if like, well, it's. I think it's clear from the headline how she's mm. done that. <laughs> <laughs> right, should we get into today's podcast? I think so. It's yeah. time. What is what we're we doing today, Crouchy? Well, you know what? With like people ask me all the time, like whether I was actually lots of QPR fans asked me were you a QPR fan growing up lots of people saying to me were you a Chelsea fan growing up um, who did you support and I'm, what's weird is like it's like the half and half scarves mm. like totally not acceptable in football right and it's the same as like I had a, everyone's got a mate at school who goes like they were a Tottenham fan and then like six months later they're like Arsenal fans and like that blow it's just ridiculous yeah, like, as far. a football fan if you're a proper football fan, you know that that is just ridiculous. It doesn't that doesn't happen. But my allegiances are quite. It's just a mad situation. I've I grew up a Chelsea fan, right, and a proper Chelsea fan. You know, I'm Peter after Peter Osgood, and this is going to be news to a lot of Chelsea fans. Um, I think because you know I, I went back there with with various other clubs like Liverpool and Tottenham. Uh, and got absolutely abused, you know, by sort of fans that I would have considered my people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But my issue with Chelsea fans, and, you know, obviously not all Chelsea fans, there's some very clued up ones, but my issue is that going back with those clubs, I think if I had, pl if I had played for, you know, other clubs and been uh, going back to Liverpool, I think those fans would have understood that I, I had had been a Chelsea, I'd had been a Liverpool fan at that stage, and I think lots, so many of them did, just didn't even know because there was no interest, if you know what I mean, like no interest in in knowing who supports their football club, and that was saying that just that throat through me, and now you know having been such a big Chelsea fan and and going, you know, I've witnessed things like um, you know getting relegated. Uh, uh, Middlesbrough, I think it was around, I think I was about seven, um, you know, relegated to the old Division 2 and then coming back into Division 1, uh, winning the Zenith Data Systems Cup in the, in the 1990s. <laughs> but like sometimes I, if I look at Chelsea now and I look at the, some of the fans, and not, you know, I'm not saying all of them because there's some with you know, deep-rooted history in the, in the club have been there through thick and thin. But there's also that modern kind of fan that hasn't, doesn't remember those times, you know, couldn't name Peter Nicholas or Tony Dorigo. Ken Moncow or Ellen Johnson. 
you know, they're, they're, they're part of the new kind of Chelsea, if you know what I mean. And, um, and that, yeah, that upsets me, you know, considering that I was, you know, so, so sort of diehard and I was a ball boy there, you know, we can go through it, um, you know, as we will on the pod more deeply. Um, and then, you know, to come out of that and then play for other clubs, obviously big rivals, which I understand, going back there and being probably abused more than any other place I've played. Um, which felt really, really strange for me and my family. Obviously, my dad, who was Chelsea from the from the seventies. So let's start from the start. Obviously, you have allegiance with your family. You support the same team. So it's your dad that brought you into Chelsea. Yeah. So his dad was Chelsea fan. Um, you know, my dad grew up in Fulham, uh, sort of Barons Court, and um, you know, quite close to Stamford Bridge. And you know, his dad was a Chelsea fan. He was a Chelsea fan. This was just passed down through generations, which I assumed that my my boys or, or girls um, would be into it as well. And it's just weird. Like, I, it's come to a stop with me. And I don't know how I feel about that because, you know, I'd, I wouldn't like my kids to support Chelsea now. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I wouldn't like my kids to support Chelsea now. You wouldn't? No. So why? That, so... that is upsetting. That's literally like you saying, I don't want my kids to support United or I don't want my kids to support Watford. Like, yeah, but you can you, let... You can... But if you, it if would you upset want them me, to... Though. It would upset, yeah, but that's different then because I would love my kids to support Watford because, you know, I support Watford. But you're saying you do kind of support Chelsea. No, no, no. I, did, I, did, I, said, I said I did. Oh, so you, 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 you like Chelsea of old? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't. It's not. You wow. Know, I've, play, I've played against them in the semi-final of the Champions League. You know, the semi-final of the FA Cups, like big games, and uh, and I wanted nothing more than to to beat them and to to be everything about them. Like I didn't have, that allegiance was totally gone when I played. And Is that what caused it to go away, do you think? Rather well, than no, just it was more so the going back there and getting, and getting so much grief from That's what from I mean. Fans. Is that what like, changed it? You're playing career. Yeah, looking around and seeing people that I was like, oh, you know, this isn't what I, I used to come to, you know, um, and love so much, you know? And, and, yeah. and I think when I, well, like I say, when my dad obviously took me to Chelsea you know I sat in the west stand on the benches um, I sat in the east, east lower east um, family stand um, I've been in the shed I've been um, you know upper tier we had Matthew Harding season tickets for a while until I got a little bit older and then started playing football um, so I've watched the dark ages I've watched um, you know Chelsea go down <clears throat> always remember Chelsea going down I think it was against Middlesbrough in those days it was you'd have a playoff from the team coming up mm. against the, the, the team that were potentially going down and it was against Middlesbrough <clears throat> and I always remember we couldn't get tickets so we went to the King's Road to watch it at the cinema and Chelsea went down and it was obviously inconceivable that Chelsea would go down everyone thought that they would they would win the game they went down and I always remember just people fighting in the cinema <laughs> <laughs> and I was seven I think must have been about 88 so I was seven I remember it was one of my earliest memories of, of football and I thought um, Dad why is everyone fighting in a cinema <laughs> Usually it's quite a tranquil place and it was absolute carnage. There was songs, you know, celery getting thrown <laughs> for various reasons. I had that in this exact <laughs> pub we're in. Yeah, Do you celery. remember I told you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was all the Chelsea fans downstairs where we record this. They were all downstairs on that FA Cup match I was going to. I took my father-in-law, thought we'd come here for a pint before. As I tried to cross the road, they were all just lobbing celery at, at me. <laughs> but then I'm definitely not a Chelsea fan. Like, I guess what... What's caused this is that you never publicly expressed, as far as I know, this, well, this sort of 
love for Chelsea at some point in your life. And you were also playing for teams that were London teams that were rivals. Yeah, right? so I, I started at QPR and QPR, yeah. you know, have a hatred of, of Chelsea. So um, certainly in that in those early days, everyone knew that, that I supported Chelsea. But then I went to QPR and it was like, well, listen, you know, I'm not going to shout it from the rooftops that I was a big Chelsea fan. And obviously I wanted to, to succeed at QPR. And QPR was where I started on a Tuesday and Thursday at 10, 11, 12, 13. Jerry Francis went to, to Tottenham. I went with him. I never made my debut there. That signed my first professional contract there. Then went back to QPR. So QPR's got a big part, mm. you know, in my career. You know, it was a huge, huge part. And I used to actually, if I didn't get tickets for Chelsea, it was, we used to pay a fiver to sit in the lower paddock to, to watch QPR. So then, you know, bizarrely, I, I did have an elite. all my mates were QPR fans, so I was going there as a kid as well. And I watched Les Ferdinand, Trevor Sinclair. Imagine paying a fiver watching Man United, Liverpool, you know, and, and QPR at that time, a top London club. It was good. It was, we'd just get the, the central line down to White City and watch QPR and um, see some great players play. Um, but obviously, you know, I'd always say that I was a Chelsea fan, but QPR then, and that was sort of where that got muddied a little bit was um, because I had a big association with QPR. And I would, say I have a more of an association to QPR than I do Chelsea now and that's down to the fact that um, yeah it's quite sad to say but imagine my dad being such a huge Chelsea fan um, you know Chelsea pitch owner um, <clears throat> put money into the club with, when Ken Bates and, and took it over um, you know and, and, and Matthew Harding and you know those those sort of historic days um, and then going back there with Liverpool in those fierce derbies or Tottenham in those big games um and getting absolutely abused. And it felt like I was sort of like almost singled out like for, for quite a bit. So for my dad sitting in the stand, being amongst those kind of people all his life, it is difficult for us as a family to take. Did it, really. did, I guess two questions on that. Did it, did it change your dad in terms of, he was a fan of Chelsea. There must have been at the games where you're getting massive absolutely abuse did. from everyone yeah. around. Like, you are right. If I was against Watford family there and I was getting abused I, that's a quite a confusing experience so that's one question I guess the second question is do you think if your playing career had been different you would have continued to be a Chelsea fan if you'd say gone and signed for a different club outside of London I'm not, I'm not sure is the honest answer to that I don't I find that difficult to answer it's a massive hypothetical. Yeah, I know it's a massive hypothetical but like I, I'm always if, I, if I'm going to play in the Premier League I'm always going to play against and I, and I also didn't think it was also the teams that I was playing for at times. It was me personally, because I got it when I was at Villa or Southampton. And whenever I played at Stamford Bridge, I'd always get a lot of grief from the fans. Um, quite quite nasty at times, you know? So it felt, yeah, it felt quite quite difficult. But like, you know, absolutely, you know, no, I've got no no blame or anything. It just, it just, it just, I just can't have that kind of, passion for a place that you know didn't didn't respect me in in some, some one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com so you, you mentioned you were a ball boy back at the start then 
Did you ever? Were you ever a mascot? No, never a mascot. No, but um, because I was I was a ball boy for for years, and that was when you needed to be a ball boy. There was there was cars parked behind the goal, and if you remember Stamford Bridge back in the day, it was like a running track round. It was like miles away, so you had to run, go underneath a car, and and, and throw it back to uh, <laughs> like literally, yeah, behind the goal. It was it was it's such a different club to to what it is now, but um, <clears throat> those days were. Especially in my two, two questions. Do you reckon you're the tallest ever ball boy? Number one. Number two, any housery? I've seen a lot of housery from ball boys over the last few mm. years in the Premier League. Did you pull anything off? Yeah, there was a few. There was a bit of housery. Yeah, like I always remember, um, you know, Gareth Hall and Dennis Wise always like, uh, you know, telling me what to do as a ball boy, either be too, you know, be quicker or be slower. Um, I always remember Dennis Wise, like we, I was all going in, in goal and Dennis Wise, you know, clipping a few free kicks. We'd all try and save them in goal and then ping them back to him and like, to be on a Premier League pitch as a young lad like that was was special. Yeah, that's mad. Do you um, do you think with Chelsea, do, do you ever feel sad that you never played for them? Then um, no, not at all. Now not that's all. the thing. Like I, I love the clubs that I played for, and uh, I, I don't have any. Like I remember, I, used to, I went to training once for Chelsea at Batsy, and my dad was like. There was like a big, they were just getting a lot of players in at that time. And it was like a lot of players were getting released. And my dad thought it would, it would like hurt me if I got released a bit more than it would any other club. You know what I mean? So in a weird way, it was like, nah, let's keep, it, keep them away from that. And then I never really got round to, to playing there. But then I was like, as soon as I broke into the QPR setup or, you know, I, I never really, I was, it became very apparent very quickly that I didn't want to be associated to Chelsea really. I never knew this. It's crazy. I never knew this about you. Going back to what you were saying about mascots, Dave. I mean, yes, you would have been probably, you know, a tall child mascot and if it was with Dennis Wise, you would have been, I mean, I assume you would have. <laughs> it's a valid point that. You would <laughs> be <laughs> holding his hand. I know. <laughs> um, but, it's a valid point. And I love those. They're one of my favourite um, subsections of the internet is um, occasionally lower league clubs let adults be the mascot for stag do's. And you see the poor player, they're all just kids. And then <laughs> in a full kit, this fella on his stag do has to go along with it, hold the hands with the player, awesome. warm up with the other kids, there for the photo, that kind of thing. It's good. It's a great look, it's isn't good. it? <laughs> it's good. Okay, so um, you were talking about half and half scarves. You're... <laughs> You're kind of different fractions then by the sound of it. You're a quarter and a quarter and a quarter and a quarter, if we're going that <sighs> I way. Don't, probably, this is the problem. This is like almost like a bit of therapy for me, this. Because I don't know where I am anymore. No, okay. Like, I'm a footballing nomad, if you like. No, um, you're, you're, you're up for grabs then, I would say. Maybe by the end of this podcast, we can work out what that team well, is. Well, the thing is, is, like, I would love to take my kids to a team that I played for, right? And I'd say that probably the closest, like, team, like, is probably QPR. But then I'd love them to experience Anfield and, like, me go to Liverpool and say, your dad played here, you know? Like, that would be special for me to, to do that. And, like, the history and the size and the, the, the way they, they treated me, obviously, and the way I'm treated when I go back now. That would be special as well. Well, should we take should we take each team in their own and try and maybe work out the arguments for and against? Because I think that would be quite it'd be quite nice to get closer to an answer for you by the end of this. So Chelsea, it doesn't feel like that's something that you're going to revisit. You were a fan of Chelsea. I think it's going to be hard for them to win you over. You know, Jamie Carragher did the same thing, obviously being an Everton yeah. fan and then being so passionate about about Liverpool. Um, I don't know. It's, I think it's a topic that doesn't get discussed much um 
by players because it's hard if you're a a fan of a certain club to to then go in and be loved by by the team you're working for. I think yeah. we all concentrate on these brilliant reveals, right? And Cazola, was was it Santi Cazola? Santi Cazola with the with the smoke Magician, and the yeah. magic and all that. Really, we're missing the main point of them, which is they should be holding a scarf, committing to the club, but they should hold another scarf, declaring their. It should be half and half. <laughs> Turn on that. it over. It should, yeah. And who, who does he actually support? <laughs> And when you sign, like for Barcelona, and you just flip over and it's like, (laughs) I think there needs to be a bit of honesty because I'm finding out that uh, we've been doing this podcast a long time now. I'm only finding out that you support, like, I'm sure I didn't know that you supported Chelsea at any point. Something that I kept buried away. That's the problem. That's why I thought doing this podcast might be therapy to come out and actually say, I had a rabbit called Kerry Dixon. I, um, yeah, I'm Peter. I am Peter after Peter Osgood. Yeah. Okay, um, you know I can. I think I can probably name the Zenith Data System Cup 1990 winning team. I could name a lot of players that current a lot of current Chelsea fans couldn't name. I would like to see the footballer reveals reformed to a certain extent, then, because it would be good to understand honestly who a player supports when you sign them. It's actually quite an important fact that seems to get omitted. Yeah, because you do want to know where their allegiances lie. Because we're talking about allegiances here and really what we're talking about is who you're a fan of, Peter. Do you see what I mean? Mm. Like you can be loyal to a few different teams because you played for them. Yeah. We're talking about really in your heart of hearts, if someone pressured you into supporting a team, who is that team that you you really support? But this is my this is my issue. Like when you sign, it's like when you're in it, you're in it. Like when you sign for Capital, right? You can't say you've been a Capital fan your entire life. <laughs> you might be, I don't know. But yeah. I'm asking you a question here that's putting you in a situation that you're not comfortable answering. Well, yeah. But you might listen to Capital all your life. I don't know. But it's it's an allegiance. Like you might have been a Heart fan, a Virgin fan. <laughs> 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 yeah I, to be fair I flipped you know between I mean? a few different clubs yeah yeah and it's, um, like what I'm saying is when you're in a job like this like you know Connor Cody now is a well known Liverpool fan now playing for Everton you know as long as you're doing the job properly like it doesn't come into into question it shouldn't do if you're a professional let's talk about Tottenham are Tottenham in the running then How yeah, you yeah because I I started there you know I started there and I've came through with Ledley King I've got a huge sort of like connection to the football club you know I used to clean David Ginola's boots David Howes's boots I've got um, you know a connection to lots of people around it you know Bob Arbor Des Bolp and Jerry Francis um, you know George Graham Christian Gross I played under and then we had a great time playing there when I was um, got into the Champions League under under Harry and, and I scored some important goals there and I'm always it's always a nice place to return back to when the fans are I kind of remember those things. I suppose while it goes down to the fact that like when you're not playing and you're on the bench, you are actually supporting that team. Mm. You're supporting your teammates. So it is it is a bit different to me and Chris in that sense. You know, we're football fans first and that's kind of where maybe footballers get a little bit more in terms of the teams they can pick. It's a weird it's a weird situation is like you know I know that you don't change allegiance and this is what's so heartbreaking and confusing for me because I'm I feel like I'm in a place now where I'm like just want to go to a match and like support a team but you don't, don't you don't know what stadium I don't know, you're what, going no, to. I don't know what I'm doing I don't know where I am it's going to be okay Grouchy. it's oh, going to be alright it's, 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 it's disappointing is really there is. something to be said 
for more football fans having more than one no, team. No, there's nothing to be said about that. No. That, that is an absolute no-go. <laughs> and But the thing is for me is like, I, I feel like I'm letting my children down, which is mad <laughs> to say. But they won't have that passionate father like who goes, come on, we go, come rain or shine, we support our club. Like that, for me and my dad, that was an amazing bonding tool, you know, to have. It was like, right, our love of a football club. Just keep, you know, we go no matter what and it's your day out with your dad. Like, and if I, if I don't sort of have that, and I'll be, I'll, I'll be so disappointed if they're one of those kids that goes with a different shirt, different London club to like <laughs> Yeah, but school. they won't necessarily do that. They might have to go down the route of, I support this club because my dad played for them. Yeah, which is, I'll be than... really proud of that. Yeah. You know, but they have to obviously stick to that, to that one club. And, and I suppose whatever club that they find their allegiance to, then I'll push hard on that as well, you know? Mm. And hopefully it's the same one we can all go together. Yeah. What about doing a Deadpool? Ryan Reynolds, you buy a football club, you get a Wrexham, and then that is your club. And Eddie oh, Hearn. Start, and, Eddie Hearn yeah. Yeah. And, and Eddie Hearn with Leighton Orient. Yeah. Yeah, could do, I guess. I, I just don't, I, I, I've got a feeling, <laughs> I've got a feeling I've missed that boat now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult situation to be in and... Um, I, I, you know, listen. There's bigger situations out there. Let's be honest, but this is just, <laughs> this is one, this is one that's just um, sort of wrangling with me. No, I think it's a fair point as well. And actually, I don't know many people that can't say what team they support if they're into football and and, and has been in football <laughs> all their life. Yeah, because it is. It would be lovely that you and your family will support the same team. But it's weird because your family supporting a team kind of reflects on you anyway, doesn't it? Because oh, maybe your gift to them is you're you're resetting the family structure. Maybe your gift is. Oh, I don't feel like it's because a, maybe I feel as like a it's dad, a curse. as a dad, sometimes like I think you can selfishly force a football club on your child without necessarily finding it. So, for example, I would love my kids to be Watford fans, right? And it disappoints me, part the idea... Of your, part of you would die inside if they weren't. If I'm honest, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a curse I have to live with, is that I always worry, you know, I don't know who my little girl... My, at some point, my little girl might meet someone else and, you know, they might try and force her to support another team. That yeah, do happens. You, do you... I've got my wife into Watford. Yeah. You know, her dad supports Chelsea. I, I've never sat down with him and gone, you know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but I mean, you you wouldn't say she's incredibly into it, would you? Or is she? Um, no, she's not. I remember you telling not. me, she, you remember you, you, she was undeserving of the playoff ticket. Yeah, it was the FA Cup yeah. final. That, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fair, actually, from Crouchy, Dave, what happened is, I when Watford were in the FA Cup final, I got offered tickets for, and it's really wanky, the Royal Box. Not in the final, Chris. Yeah, and I yeah. actually, I was in mixed minds with it because when you've gone to all the other games, uh, like with your best mate in the, in, in, you know, uh, with everyone else, that's mm. kind of how I wanted to see the final. Mm. But also, when in my life am I ever going to get offered mm. those types of tickets? He wanted to go with his mates, but he sent it to John instead. <laughs> Look, so, I think uh, you, you have to make your calls in, in Chris. If so, <laughs> if you'd sat with the fans, could Watford have won that game? Do you feel any personal responsibility? I'm not taking any responsibility. But Dave, what I will say 
is I got offered two tickets for this, right? Yep. And obviously my brain was like, look, I'm never going to get this chance again. So I've got to do it. It's Wembley. Like I've got, I can't say no to it. It was almost like the fact you've been offered it is an amazing thing, but it's also you're slightly like, would now that's an option in play. I've got to say yes. Didn't, doesn't feel right going to the final in a suit, but I went in a suit and did it. And ultimately we got thumped by Man City. Now here's the dilemma. (laughs) It's a Spice Boy situation, isn't it? (laughs) Here's the dilemma. Chris in a suit. Here's, here's, here's the dilemma. The second ticket I wanted to give to my best mate, Dugsy. He's been there to so many Watford games with me. He deserved, he deserved to have that option. All of a sudden, she's not been to one game in the run-up to it. She's collected no away tickets, no vouchers, anything. She pipes up and I was like, my heart sank. I didn't plan the conversation properly. I didn't think about how best to attack it. I should have never said that there was two tickets. And she was like, yeah, that'd be amazing. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, well, will, will Prince William be there? Oh, so I, I couldn't no. care less. Couldn't care less. It's the, you know. Did Dugsy get a ticket? Dugs, so, Dugs, so I ended up not watching the final with Watford because I was there with my, I did watch it, but I was with my missus next to me who all of a sudden has become a Watford fan. You need to have attended at least one uh, run-up match if you're at the final. And I think that counts for the whole stadium. 100%. Uh, this is the problem with modern football. You look at the recent League Cup final, same thing happens. Where you, you, know, you go away to Barcelona, you go to Leeds away, you do all this stuff, and like, you look for a final ticket, no. And these people that have been to one game the last five years turn up. And I agree, it's something that needs to go. And I think you're an absolute shithouse if you go to a final, you've not been to any of the games in the run-up. That was you're calling his Ray. missus a shithouse. She was, she was a shithouse. She was a shithouse though, wasn't she? That was, that was wife housery. Uh, yeah, top wife housery. Oh, really, no. the only way that situation would have been resolved is by my wife saying, um, you should take him. Yeah. You know, you I should haven't been take to it. I, I haven't done I've the vouchers. I've not been to enough games. <laughs> I've she said to you, I, haven't, I got no vouchers. I'm not a member. I haven't been to any of the games this year. Yeah. If she said that, I'd be very surprised. But I knew the second I said it, and I should have planned it, but I knew the second I said it, I'd done completely the wrong thing. And don't get me wrong, if one of her friends hears this and grasses me up or something or plays with a clip, I had a lovely time with my sister. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying... That's in top the, part it, was, it was grasses me up. <laughs> it was a lovely day. It really was. And, you know, special memories and all of that. But I will say in the run-up to it, I expected to see Watford in the FA Cup final with my best mate, Dugsy. Yeah. You know, you're saying about maybe apologising to your, to your father-in-law. That's something that I've never really thought about. Like, you know, maybe the listeners can get in touch with us as well. Like, if your husband, if you're a diehard, you know, fan of a certain team, like, and then your husband supports a different team, like, where do you go with your kids? Where do you, where mm. do you see their allegiance? Do you let them fall into something or...? Or do you like for me? I I, I don't. I'm not a fan of this. Let your and obviously we want our children. You know, we nurture them and let them make their own decisions. But in football, I don't think we should. <laughs> I feel like it should be thrust upon you. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I honestly feel that way. I feel like it should be forced upon you that you're born into a Man United yeah. family or you're born into a Watford family, and unfortunately, that is the nature of how you've been born. You've been born into it, and you're now going to endure it or enjoy the rewards for it I would genuinely have to give the board ultimatum with that I think that's something that's fixed in stone Manchester United or have to go our separate ways 
Yeah, it's it feels like that. It's like it's 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 your team or a different sport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but are you talking about so in the situation of say my wife? So bringing it back to her again. Um, my so my father-in-law, big Chelsea fan. My wife sort of likes football, but you know that, here that's fine. Min of the great. So um, is kind of open territory there for the taking. I've come in as a Watford fan, Ugh. right? Now, there should be a natural expectation. You're saying by your law, this would stop this situation of people like me coming in and turning a yellow. Yeah, so this is something that I've seen many, many times. And I think, like, for instance, Abby, right? No interest in football whatsoever, right? I don't know how much your missus likes football, mm. but I'd say it's, you know... Abby's, I think you know, a bit more than Abby. A bit more yeah, than Abby, yeah. yeah. Well, Abby's got no interest whatsoever. Yeah. But she would class herself a Liverpool fan because her dad is a Liverpool fan. So no matter who I support, even if I come in the staunchest, you know, she'll come with me and you know, entertain me, but she'd always have to say, and I'd respect the fact that she'd be a Liverpool fan because of her dad. Yeah. Because I respect her dad's opinion and his, it, you know, that's his team and that's down the bloodline. Fine. It's like it's like changing their surname. I, I generally feel like it's like that, you know. I know I take, you know, she takes my surname, but... She'll always be a Clancy. Get it. But let's say, regardless of whether she's a football fan or not, let's let's say for the sake of argument, she's a massive football fan. She comes in this, um, been Liverpool from birth, and you've come in, Let's we're going to have to pick a team for this mm. to work, right? So let's go QPR. What then is your children going to be by your law? Does it always, <sighs> are we going like the Royals where it's male line of, of kind of, is or is that... How would you like... It's 2023 now. I don't it, think we can do I'm that. I'm going to be boring, guys. It's got to be the stats. You've got to be... How many games have you been to in your lifetime? You top them up. And whoever's got the most, that's where the allegiances have to go. So the dominant parent in a footballing sense... Yeah. Gets to decide. That's what the... Ch- gets I think that's to fair. Yeah, I think you can always... You can always see who is the more staunch supporter. And the more staunch you are, the right you have... It would be a fantastic law to bring into play to stop this um, horrendous feeling that you have that, you know, at some point I do have to consider the fact that, you know, my daughter will meet someone and, and God forbid, like they're a Luton fan. or yeah. And actually, on a personal level, I have nothing. I, I don't actually care about the derby or rivalry. Like, it's, it's a weird one. I don't see it the same way a lot of people do, I think. But... I can't guarantee that Luton fan won't be just doing this as a one-up on me. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Just, and it's, it's a disrespectful like, situation. Yeah, almost uh, asserting his authority. I mean, you've got to worry about Chelsea fans now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they've, they've abused me all my life anyway. <laughs> I've got nothing from them. <laughs> well, if you need your uh, family allegiances settled once and for all, Please get in touch. Um, we'll discuss that as, as three board members at that Peter Crutch podcast and we'll give you a final decision. Um, obviously, whether you go with that is up to you, but we'll give our opinion and, and give a team for you. So get in touch. Right, Crouch, you're giving it biggie, pretending you're a Chelsea fan. You mentioned the Zenith Data Systems Cup. It's a cup no one remembers, but I remember it was very close to my heart because the only thing Chelsea won. I don't think I know anything about this. It was known as the Full Members Cup. Yeah. Um, I stopped at some point. Uh, let's have a look at when it stopped. It stopped in 1992. Um, sad day, that was. Real sad day. But Chelsea, one of the most successful clubs. Well, that's why I know about with it. With the data Zenith. 
So that 1990 final, you're just giving it Biggie so you can name the starting 11. I don't know, if I, could name, I don't know if I could name them all, but I could name a good few, I reckon. And I reckon there's lots of Chelsea fans out there that couldn't. Okay, right, we'll start in goal. Yeah, Dave Besant. Yep. Right back. Gareth Hall. Left back. Tony Dorigo. Centre half. Erling Jonsson. And? Ken Moncow. <laughs> Into central midfield. Peter Nicholas, skipper. Yep. We work back from central midfield. Let me go up front, right? Okay, up front. Well, Gordon Jury, wide. Yep. Kerry Dixon. Yep. Kevin Wilson. Yes. Wow. So you got two players to go, both midfielders. I don't know if he's in Home Alone or his name's Kevin McAllister. Kevin McAllister, yeah. <laughs> no. I thought it was a joy one. All right. <laughs> he is he's also in Kevin in Home Alone as well, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. But good plan, so, though. One more. I think I've got it. No. Yeah, I think I have. Go on. David Speedy. Incorrect. Oh! <laughs> he's a 10. Oh, Crouchy. Oh, I feel like you've lost a million pounds. Was it start with? J. First name. Second name, B. Ah, oh, John Bumstead. That's it. Oh, Big Bumstead. Johnny Bumstead. He's, he's, <laughs> you know, How can I forget John Bumstead? I used to love John Bumstead. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm so... Um, I'm proud of you for 10, but... It was so yeah, crazy. I mean, yeah. I can't believe I missed out on oh, John mate. Bumstead. Bobby Campbell, manager. Two subs, I think. Those yeah, days. two subs. Do you know the subs? Oh. Dave Lee? Yep. Nah, I couldn't give you another one. CW. CW. From Manchester. Played for Man City, Chester, Chelsea, Man City again, QPR, Tottenham, and Cambridge United. Clive Wilson. Oh, left back, QPR. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Can we do one? We should do one of these a week. With <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is good. This, to be fair, this is my era. Like, to be honest, yeah. this is my era. Like, I think if I was going to go on mass mastermind, yeah. I'd go sort of like nineties football, yeah. definitely. But yeah, I enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed today's podcast. And my only thing I would say, I don't think we've necessarily got uh, kind of answers for you. But in terms of uh, being able to talk about it, Crouchy, do you feel that feels real? It feel, feels like a real weight off my shoulders. Mm. Um, it's something that. I've wanted to dig down into for a while. Um, I think certainly when you work in football, obviously the TV stuff as well, it's good to be impartial. I think I could clarify that I probably am a bit now. You know, I haven't got... <laughs> of course, I've, the clubs that I played for are a special to me and I hold special memories. And, uh, you know, some of the me memories I've got, I'll, I'll take with me forever. And I'd like to take my children to see, you know, all of the clubs that I played for. Um, but yeah, it, it, I just wanted to sort of get across that you know, that I was so passionate about something and then, um, you know, for whatever reason, obviously my job has, and has given me so many benefits, but the one drawback is that it's taken my team away from me. We'd love for footballers to get in touch as well. Brian Sterling, Manchester United fan, played for Liverpool, played for Man City. Iniesta, if you could get in touch, Real Madrid fan, apparently. Didn't know that. Mentioned Carragher with Everton. Gareth Bale reportedly supported Arsenal. John Terry, Manchester United, of course, Frank Lampard, West Ham. Gareth Bale support? Arsenal. Really? According to the internet. Wow. Wow. So if they can get in touch and let us know how they deal with this situation, tell the Art Crouchy, that'd be great. Well, Gareth himself. Gareth himself yeah. would be fantastic. Iniesta, big fan of the pod. <laughs> I think one of the big things to finish off, Champions League final, <laughs> Liverpool versus Spurs. Oh, that's a good how way. did you feel? That's a, that's a good way to figure it out, I guess. Um, I, I felt like all 
Ab's family, all her friends, her brother, like they were all going to the game. And I felt like I wanted Liverpool to win that. Well, see, it's like me. It's when the wife gets involved. <laughs> <laughs> they fuck everything up, don't they? <laughs> As always, keep the messages coming into the podcast. We always get some some crackers. Feel free to slide into the DMs or you can email us, peter.crouch at acast.com. Uh, where should we kick off? Well, yeah, I'll go. I'll go if you like. A message from Benny says, do coaches ever plan for a nil-nil? And if they do, what do they say to their strikers? Good question. Um, it's a good question. Um, not You don't always, you don't plan for a nil-nil, I think. You plan for a tight game. And if you can nick one, is the plan. Um, I don't think I've ever been involved in a, a nil-nil sort of practice match beforehand. But having said that, when I played for Stoke and we went away from home, a lot of the time I was incredibly isolated and there was everyone behind the ball bar me um so if ever we played for a nil-nil it would have been in those situations and i'll be honest with you they were hard games to play in so what does tony say to you in those moments does he say you know go out there make something out of nothing or is it more defensive organization well, that he's it, focused on you know we talked about it loads of times but we you had the you know the the ham and eggers and then the tip tap charlies mm-hmm. the ham and eggers would you know basically don't concede a goal and let the, the tip tap Charlies go up there and and try and win us something. Um, but yeah, we, we let's be honest. I mean, I, I went away at City, at United, at Arsenal quite a few times, and um, we come off the pitch thinking I barely even touched the ball. It's not enjoyable in the slightest. I've literally gone to work today. <laughs> yeah, but, but if they are playing that kind of game, regardless of what the manager's saying, you're in the business of having to be seen to be scoring goals. Like you are judged on that. This People don't issue. go. Crouchy hasn't scored for a while. But they're playing a very defensive. This setup. is my problem. Like yeah. this is something that I always had, and like even when when I saw players after me uh, go there, like the forwards, and I think you know you're in for a tough time because <laughs> it's 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 basically very defensive. We'll play for a set piece or the one chance that you might get. But obviously your defensive your record. I mean, clean sheets is great for the defenders, but as a forward, it's like if you haven't scored for eight games, so I haven't had a shot for eight games. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and that just looks bad. The thing is, if you, you might be doing the manager's plan right there, and actually the results might be right from it, but they'll go, they're not going, uh, Crouchy's gone six games without scoring, but he's got six clean sheets as well. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a genuine thing, though. It's a genuine thing. Like when you, Sometimes when I was playing there, and there were times where I think we went away at Man City, I think we won when Mam Juf ran the length of the pitch and scored. We won 1-0 away at the Etihad. And I came off thinking, like, how? <laughs> you know, like, how has that happened? You know, because we'd just been battered, bombarded, but we'd been so resilient for the whole game. And then we just nicked that one, that one goal. And um, so to answer Benny's question, I don't think we've ever played for a nil-nil, but I've been played in many situations where it's backs to the walls and all hands to the pump. It's good that it's like reframing it. Benny's gone with a very negative nil-nil and you're saying, oh, it's just a tight game. <laughs> it's yeah. the same thing. Okay, slightly <laughs> different to what Benny's saying here. Has a manager ever brought you on with like five minutes left to go, but it's kind of given you the instruction that if you get the ball, you just take it into the corner? Well, you know, how many people can sit here and say they've won in the new Camp with, some, <laughs> with one of the best Barcelona teams? Um, you know, and I appeared. I came on for 30 seconds. Yeah. Steve Finnan um, threw a throw-in into me. I chest controlled it dived on the floor as Puyol, I felt some contact behind me from Puyol, got a free kick and we won the game. You know, yeah. we might not have won that game unless I'd have done that that bit of Hauser in the corner. It was beautiful attacking play. Yeah, I think it's spot on. You know, the, the, 
the stats will back up, Crouchy. You know, you've won a foul, you've the game's gone, it's it's over. Yeah, you all played your part that game, didn't you? That was my role yeah. for the day. <laughs> Good. You know, John Arnorisa <laughs> scored, Bellamy scored. I'm laughing, mate, but it's still fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be honest. Well, yeah, we, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing result. Talking about amazing results, Gaz is coming with a big question. Would you rather have golf clubs for arms or footballs for feet? <laughs> Grouchy. <laughs> Moving on swiftly. <laughs> we were talking about the Lou Camp like 10 seconds, seconds ago. ago. <laughs> now I've got golf clubs for arms. <laughs> Fast paced this pod, isn't it? I think, I think that's an easy question, by the way. Do you? Yeah, I do. It's golf clubs for arms. It's golf clubs yeah. for arms. You see, I would go footballs for feet. What? Because you think, right, if you've got arms that are golf clubs, you basically... Your two most important limbs are gone, right? You can't pick things up. But, got... yeah, but surely your feet are probably more important than Yeah, your but hands. if you've got footballs for feet, surely you could still like bounce around. Whereas you can't pick anything up with your golf clubs. So <laughs> I can eat my dinner. I can, I can put, my feet, I can put my feet under, under the table. Nobody can see the footballs. You two, golf clubs on your arms. Yeah, but you can change them at any given moment. You know what I mean? And I could, <laughs> I could, I, I could clip that pint up. <laughs> Or I could drive it 200. <laughs> but I mean, That's a fair point. I could get it out of sand. I could get it out of sand. I could roll it gently. <laughs> there's massive downsides to both, but there's more positives with golf clubs for arms, <laughs> isn't there? Being real. Must be. Other than bouncing around, really, yeah. on the footballs. But you can't bounce that high on footballs. Also, you've got to have tremendous balance. <laughs> are, they, are they connected? <laughs> stuck together. Uh, or just, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, guys, it's golf clubs, I think. Golf clubs for arms. Yeah, Dave, Dave's yeah, comfortable. Yeah, on the way around. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's committed. Yeah, be interesting, though. Uh, we got a message from Tim. Yeah, Tim says, I saw a good nickname on an Australian podcast. Obviously, we're a sucker for, for, for nicknames on this pod. Um, a lad was called Sensorlight at work because he only works when someone walks past him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very good. <laughs> Oh, Very good. good. Yeah, look, keep the emails coming in. We love them on this podcast. And anything you want to ask Crouchy can be serious questions about football as well. Or it can be, you know, golf clubs for arms or, or footballs for feet. Anything goes, really. I, I like I like getting down to the, you know, into that, the deep stuff quite, quite a lot as well. But golf clubs for arms is just as good. And it has been deep today. I'm going to come away from this podcast uh, worrying about the future of my <laughs> daughter. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm not that excited about my wife hearing any of this uh, no, no 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 but we move yeah well she won't listen um, and, and also I worry for my children I really do they haven't got that you know behind them but we all worry about the children don't we <sighs> bonds us all the life that we're bringing them into Chumba Wamba everyone <laughs>